This episode of ArcaSpeak is supported by Infratech. Bring indoor comfort to outdoor living with Infratech Comfort Heaters. This episode is also supported by Enscape, empowering your design workflow by turning your BIM model into an immersive 3D experience. You know, I get this uh, message from a friend of mine uh, that I've been working with for the past six and a half years, and we've worked on several projects together and got this good working relationship, both in the office and then just a friendship outside. So, you know, we're always checking on each other, just making sure everything's, you know, we're okay. Because how many times do like we ever actually ask yourself, hey, are you okay? Right. And, and so he's just like, hey, man, you know, I've uh, been working a couple of like really late nights and I've seen your little Zoom name is green. When did you like log off? And I started telling him about like just the long extraordinarily long hours that I've been working just on this particular project, just because of like the load demand, the staffing demand, you know, all these different things and deadlines, yeah, you know, deadlines, you know, you, you name it. There's a variety of different things. So he was just like, is everything all right? Everything good. And like, I paused and I'm just like, I don't know if I know how to answer that like positively right now. And it's not a woes me. It's just like, What's interesting about this is this isn't a isolated to just me kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, although I can't speak for my own personal experience of like what's going on in my world, but what's going on in my world is very similar to so many people in the profession. Like not even, not so many people, almost all of the people in the profession. <laughs> I've talked to so many people who are talking about just overload, yeah. burnout, stress, and everything else. And you had sent me this great article on Monograph, The State of Burnout in Architecture, 2021 edition. Yeah, we'll put a link in I, the show notes. So like I've, I've had like year 2000 to 2021 editions. Right. You know, so it's just kind of interesting. And, and so it's a great topic to talk about. I mean, here's a quote from from that article. The question is, when am I not burnt out? Yeah. And I'll totally tell you that I'm living that right now because you read the article itself and it's just like, what are the causes of the burnout and things like that? And some people are just like, well, you know, it's coronavirus has contributed to, but it's not the direct cause. I would say from my own personal experience that in a way it is sort of the cause. And again, I'm going to speak for for mine and not really necessarily the article per se, you know, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll like, you know, pull up some key points here, but my experience is this. One of the things that I've been able, was able to do pre COVID was detach from the office. Yeah. You had a clear separation. You had that commute. Exactly. So I had my commute in, I had my commute out. I didn't do any work on my commute in. I didn't do any work on my commute out. I detached. I listened to audiobooks. I listened to podcasts. I listened to music. I just, open up the window and let the breeze blow through my hair. Wait, what's there's outside. What? There is outside. And, and that, and that's, you know, Oh man. And, and those are things, you know, it's just like, what's really hard is when work is at home, when work is literally steps away from where you are. It's all, it's there all the time. It, it is work. And now, now home is work. Yeah, exactly. So you can never get away from it. Right. And what's even worse about that is that 
everybody knows you're there. Yeah. So, so they use this opportunity to like, I, I, I will get pinged now, you know, this is just the nature of my particular project I'm working at right now, where it's international and so many different people are on so many different time zones that I get pinged all the time. And so I mute my phone and I get it, put it away from me so that like, it's not like lighting up right next to my head in the middle of the night, but I get throughout the night, I wake up with a sense of dread. Yeah. You've got a to-do list every day. Exactly. So these, so the, like the notifications that I get throughout the night and in, into the wee early morning hours, those go on to like the priority list. And I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. It's just like when everything is the priority, <laughs> what is the priority? We've talked about that before. Yeah. You can't have 38 priorities. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so let me quote a few things that from this particular article, which, you know, I, I thought were key findings that they were talking about. Nearly all architects, 96.9 experienced burnout in 2021. Mm-hmm. The coronavirus did not cause the burnout for architects, but it made it worse for 90% of the respondents. I feel like I fall into that 90%. Working overtime is the leading cause of burnout for architects. And so that's where I feel like in a way, the coronavirus for me is almost that direct cause of the the overtime. Like, would I work as much overtime if I had to be at the office? I mean, I would probably like say, okay, if I work 8.30 to 5, 5.30, I may say, okay, here's my rationale, you know, rationalization when I was in the office every day. Okay, I already know that everybody and their brother is leaving their office at the exact same time as I am. And so traffic's going to suck. So if I work maybe another hour, it'll actually work out to my benefit because I won't be in traffic as long. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I've worked an extra hour, but I can prioritize that. The phones have stopped ringing. People have gone home. I can really kind of like, you know, have that like, say, two hours at the end of the day to focus much like, you know, when I come in a little bit early to try to beat the traffic again, I have a little bit of extra time before people start rolling in that are more local to the office where I can like just do some straight focus work. And so I have that opportunity to detach from the office. And and I would literally say that when I walk out of the office, that's it. I'm done for the day. I'm not going to be working. I don't walk out of the office anymore. So I've literally stopped knowing when the start and stop time of work really is. I think my day is now made up more of just a series of like 15 minute breaks, you know? Um, But the thing is, is like the work is demanding this amount of attention on your side. It is. And that's the problem. It's not like you need the support of your family, you need the support of leadership in the office to help you determine the on off period because it is changed now that you're on your own at home. But at the same time, it's like that isn't happening from the office side because they're the ones directing you to do this project on this time frame with this amount of staff. Exactly. And I mean, that is ridiculous, right? Because what pisses me off the most about a study like this is to actually look at the factors that 
create these problems. And the factors that create these problems go directly against what these companies say, which is our people are the most important part of our firm. But then you see something like this, and that is total bullshit. It is yeah. completely false. People are not the highest priority. No. The profit is. Or, yeah. you know, and, and you could you could say that a, a bunch of different ways. You could say, you know what, we really suffered and we have to make up for it. But what they aren't saying is, man, this next year is going to be really hard. It's really going to suck. We're going to allow you to take actual time off between this project and the next. They're not doing any of that. Right. They're right. just saying, nope, this is the new normal. The new yeah. normal is kill yourself for us. And that is – who wants to join – like I, I think about the young people who are, who want to come into this. And, and I see it on various online forums and Facebook groups and stuff where they're complaining about the young professionals who don't know how to do this and don't know how to do that. And how come they're complaining when I tell them that they need to be doing this better or differently? Mm -hmm. And it's like, how are you actually going to attract the next generation of people to even come into this completely screwed up system? Yeah. Because, I mean, they say one of the findings in this article is at the at the very end, burnout happens to all experience levels. Like, it's not mm -hmm. just the young people. You know, 96.9% of architects experienced burnout in 2021. That is not saying 96.9% of millennials it's everybody who works in these offices and you like I'm pointing at you Cormac through the screen, you are experiencing this and there's levels above you that are experiencing this too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me that there's no active strategic changes going to the business. It's like, just do what we did, but do it harder. That's the strategy. Yeah. And, it, and people are leaving in droves and yeah. you know, as well as I do, Everybody's hiring. Everybody's hiring. God, yeah. cruise a LinkedIn feed once in a while. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's icon says, I'm hiring. Everybody's tagline says, we're hiring. Um, and, and that's even outside of architecture who are looking for architects, right? Those are technology companies who would gladly, you know, who work four days a week and work 32 hours instead of 80, right? Right. right. To still be in the profession, but not in the projects. So it is different, but it's related. And who's not seriously looking at that? Do you know how many times I've gotten weird cold calls? I mean, like most of the time I'm like, where the hell are these people getting my number from? Mm -hmm. Like I don't publish my number and, right. but people are like, you know, they find hey, you anyway. Which yeah. Somehow they're just like, Hey, we saw your, uh, you know, your resume and your experience on LinkedIn and blah, 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 this. And then I'm like, I don't even have the brain power to talk to you people right, right now. So leave I can't me believe you answer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I don't. But um, I don't know. Over the course of the past few years, I've started to follow a lot more architects on Instagram and love to see the creative work and stuff going out there. But <laughs> half of like at least the last six to eight months of their posts are Evan Troxel Architects is hiring kind of thing. It's yes, just like, exactly. like, you know, where people are leaving. There's exactly. not enough stock. There's not enough stock. There's high demand. There's not enough stock. And not only that, but once you get there, it's like, okay, detail these toilet rooms and Well, I mean, it's not even You're just on your own. You know, in a way it's just not even like the glamour of the project or whatever. It's just the fact that, you know, people are working for a firm that they, you know, went back to the office and people got a little bit more accustomed to working from home or at least having that flexibility. 
And I've known plenty of firms that, you know, have gone back full force, you know, 100% in office. Yeah. And people just don't want that anymore. They, they've seen the opportunities out there. And so they're like, yes, I want to have the camaraderie of being in the office and talking to people and having that opportunity to kind of like really engage with my teammates on the project. However, I also need that time to just say like, you know, whoa, back off, man. You know, like, yes, I understand that you literally just sent me an email and you've walked over to my desk to ask me if I've seen that email. (laughs) Yeah. But give me some breathing space. And so what they've done is like, they will continue to look for that breathing space and they will say, you know, I don't necessarily want to go back to an office that's a hundred percent full time, or I want that flexibility. And so they'll leave their firm. God, I've heard that story so many times about yeah. people who have left for the flexibility of things. They've they've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. In the end, the light at the end of the tunnel is doesn't have to be, as you call it, butt in seats. Right. And so if I don't need to be butt in seats 100% of my billable time, well, then let me go ahead and do that. And yeah. And so people are leaving and they're going to look for other places that are going to allow them to do that. And so, and remote work doesn't doesn't necessarily reduce the burnout, right? Like what you're saying well, is, it, it, on some yeah. levels, it's it's made it worse in some ways, but better in others, right? It's just kind of shifted the scales in in that regard because it's lowered the barrier for people to get to you whenever they want because we, we kind of have this always on mentality now. So so in that way, it's a negative, but in the positive, like you're saying, like I don't need to drive an hour just to sit in a cube either. Right. And and so what what can offices do to attract people to go there for the right reasons? Like to me that there's some fundamental shifts in why you want to go to an office to do things versus you know to to achieve the balance that you're talking about because it's clear that it's not one or the other. There is absolutely no need to drive an hour to go to the office to do the exact same thing that I can do right here. There's no need for that. So there's obviously particular use cases in architecture that make a lot of sense. Like you were talking about collaboration and talking to the team and working through things. And and there are definitely resources at offices that can help make that process even better. But beyond that, man, it's it's hard to say what it is. Right. Because you can't go into an office, into a conference room that used to hold 12 people and now it holds four because of, <laughs> you know, space yeah. requirements, social distancing and all that crap. That doesn't, that doesn't work. And you have to wear a mask. So is the meeting, is the quality of that meeting really good? Hell no, it's not. It's worse. Absolutely worse. And especially for the people who can't be in that room, now they're the second class citizen. Right. It takes a complete rethinking of how you're going to approach this stuff from a leadership level at these firms. So, okay. So one of the things they talk about in this is architects needing time off for mental health. Like it's, Mental health is the new catch-all phrase for time off, right? I mean, the reason for time off is mental health. But really, it's, it's, it's to actually – now time off in big podcasting air quotes and mental health are that disconnect from the office that you were talking about getting in the car on a daily basis. Right, right, exactly. So how, how much PTO do you have stacked up as like a <laughs> – 
indicator of i mean because you're saying we're saying people are overworking they're they're working overtime all the time and overtime if if your business model is dependent on you working overtime your business model is broken it 100% is broken if you can't make enough money in 8 hours a day as a business for for, for each employee then the business is broken. It cannot demand more than that much time from the employee in a sustained way. It cannot. And so, like, you're probably, because you're working so much overtime, you're just stacking up your PTO. Yeah. Thanks for calling me out on that. <laughs> well, I well, mean, it's, I'll, I'll be, yeah, here, I'll, I'll you've be You've got to say it because, because it's, it gives a real indicator of, of the problem. A real indicator of the problem is here we are, and I'll go ahead and just say that we are recording on December 1st, which means that there are 30 more days left of this year. I have 187 hours of PTO remaining. So you have four and a half plus weeks. Yeah. You can't even, you can't even use it. And that's not, so that's not even including the, Two holidays that we have right. within the month, right? as well as my two floating holidays that I still haven't taken. So yeah. that's four free days out of that. And so, this, this is worth real money and beyond that, sanity, <laughs> right? And not only that, but your deadlines hit in such a manner that you couldn't take that off if you wanted to, because that's what it's like to be an architect right now. There is way more work than there are people to do it because people who are leading these companies cannot say no or set appropriate timelines and staffing for projects for various reasons. Like I, I'm not trying to totally blame them. Like there's a lot of moving pieces here. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, and and I know that we have, so I don't know if we've talked about it on the show or if we've just talked about it. And I know that even my wife just recently sent me a couple of hour articles about the great resignation. So, you know, this is the year where people are quitting. And this is probably the, you know, this article is a good reason why. And and it's not just quitting architecture. It's quitting like, you know, every every job. I mean, my wife is a elementary school teacher and she just had a, not that anybody's going to be listening to it, but she just had this like 30 some odd year old kindergarten teacher because of burnout and stress, essentially retire. I can't even imagine being a teacher. Today. Just let, she just decided at the end of Thanksgiving that she ain't coming back. Just done. She's done. And, yeah. you know, and it was just like, wow, you know, it's amazing that they could do that. But also it's just like, holy crap, it sucks that they have to do that. Yeah. Get um, to that point, right? Because no, one's, yeah. no one is looking out for them. And just use that as an example of what is happening in the profession. I mean, we've, we've read, you know, on numerous occasions and we just highlighted it with like this massive, like crush of people asking for, hey, we're hiring. Everywhere, everywhere is hiring. Mm -hmm. And even when we are in our Facebook groups that, you know, you and I belong to where, you know, it's more like sole practitioners or small businesses that even they are some way, shape or form hiring, whether it's, you know, hiring contract workers, hiring actual employees. I mean, you know, people are hiring because everybody wants to do work. I mean, you know, I, I, 
I think you and I talked way in the past about potential like boom in in businesses of like home renovations because now everybody wants to create a and you did this create a home office and right. home classrooms right. and you know additional like accessory dwelling units that are either going to house their business or you know house family members and right. things like that you know and it's just crazily happening everywhere that people are just looking for work and so people are working overtime you know, working longer hours. I know that that's the same thing. I just realized that (laughs) maybe I should not work so many hours, but, and I think you might've said like efficient, you know, workflow and processes Mm -hmm. can alleviate burnout and architecture. Well, the problem though is, is that like, even with the workflow, the problem is, is that easy it is to just kind of like get up and log on to your computer and all that other stuff. I honestly feel like workflow is suffering as well, because, you know, this, you know, and, and we've talked about, well, you know, you, can you overcome not having to have like in office kind of like, you know, looking at you face to face kind of like, you know, there are ways of like mentoring people online. Of course. Yeah. And sure. I, I agree with that, but there's also just this level of like camaraderie. There's this level of communication. Like I, I, I've used the example of, when I went overseas to meet with a client face to face, that I got more out of that than I had on almost all of our Zoom calls and Teams calls combined. Only because the ability to read their body language, you don't see somebody cringe over like some misplaced door or a room layout that they just don't like when they're online and they don't have their camera on. Yeah. But you do when you're sitting in front of them and you have that conversation with them. And there's, and I know I'm kind of all over the board here, but I think all of this is these weird little contributors to this burnout. It's like there's burnout of like just physically overworking. And then there's just like burnout of the process. Like I'm, I I'll say that I'm getting a burnout of this process. I would really love to sit in front of someone else and just talk through all of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, have a conversation with them about what is going to make this building a good building instead of trying to like talk through it with them over Zoom when, oh, well, you know, I've, I've you know, my dog's barking and stuff. And so I'm going to keep my, uh, you know, or my internet, I'm getting that internet is unstable. And so, you know, being able to like just sit down every once in a great while. And again, it doesn't have to be every day, but sitting down every once in a great while and just having the conversation with like, hey, how's it going? Like yeah. we don't even have chats anymore with people. We just yeah. like literally we log on, get to business and then log off. Right. I mean, I don't think anybody's like, like I tried to ask people, hey, how was your Thanksgiving? Crickets. <laughs> crickets and is it, it was, that they don't want to share or is it that they like what do you think that is i i wish i knew hmm. yeah i mean maybe it's a it's a way of saying you know that that was some me time and i'm not going to talk about it maybe they yeah. really are putting a barrier there that is separating work from life but when we were in the office we chat about those things just as a way to kind of like connect with your coworkers and kind of like sure yeah i totally get it Yep. And it's probably just the fact that everybody's so burnt out. This is like, you know, dude, like Leave we got, up. we've got all these meetings. I don't really want to prolong this meeting any longer by chit chatting about like my Thanksgiving. Yeah. 
I literally just want to like, let's talk about like the loading dock plan and let's just move on, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. That's it's, it, it's interesting to think about how so many factors contribute to this burnout and the repercussions of it, I think are what are the scariest, right? Because if you, if you just kind of wait and see what happens, you're likely going to lose people. Yeah. Like they, yeah. This takes me back to like conversations about leadership and thinking about how a lot of people kind of glorify the position of leadership, you know, as far as like people looking at leaders like, oh, they're they're in the the sweet spot and they're not the ones having to work all the billable hours and they don't have to stay late and they don't have to do all this <laughs> stuff. But leader like true leadership is not just a position that you attain through seniority. There's some great books on it on actual leadership. Um, one of my favorite ones by Max Dupree is The Art of Leadership. But it really talks about how leadership is a burden. True leadership is a burden. And the burden is on the leaders right now to solve this. And that doesn't mean they have to solve it on their own. There are definitely places online has made this very easy for these people to get together and figure this out together beyond the borders of their own whatever group they're in at the office to get out of that echo chamber and go bigger and see what other people are doing and, and attack this from a professional level, for instance. Uh, yeah. But it really is a burden and the burden is on them to do it because they have accepted the role of leadership. And it's not, you cannot look to your left and your right and say, I thought you were doing that. You can't do that. Right. Right. Exactly. The buck stops there at the leadership levels. Like they're the ones responsible to fix this problem as good as they possibly can. And does that mean that they have to be right every time? Absolutely not. But they need to iterate on this design problem for their own business and make it better. And and that could be through trial and error. And the error part is learning. Yeah. It's key important part here i i think you know thinking through it just makes me sad to think about how many people are feeling disengaged and unsupported and burnt out yeah it's really a, a sad state of our industry and and okay this is 97 percent of architects out of 225 that were surveyed it's not a big number but i'm sure this is very much in line with the whole profession. It's not going to be orders of magnitude off. Yeah. Let's take a moment and talk about the sponsor of this episode. Enscape is a leading real-time rendering and virtual reality tool for the global AEC market. It plugs directly into your modeling software, giving you an integrated design and visualization process. With Enscape, you can render in real-time and walk stakeholders through your rendered model with incredible ease. Your buildings can be experienced long before they are built. More than 200,000 unique monthly users from over 150 countries use Enscape to envision better designs. To learn more or to sign up for a free 14-day trial, visit Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak today. That's Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak. In the last few years, premium outdoor spaces have become a must-have architectural feature. And Infratech outdoor electric heating systems have become the brand of choice among leading architects. Infratech heaters provide energy efficient, ambient warmth that allows homeowners to live outdoors during the cooler months. Clients love them because they can enjoy 100 more nights a year outside. 
Architects love them because of their unparalleled versatility, from their heater capacities and their colors to mounting options that can either seamlessly disappear or accentuate a space with beautiful decorative coverings. They are also the only comfort heating company that offers smart integration and hands-free voice-activated control. For over 60 years, Infratech has made their products in the USA at competitive prices. They offer incredible design and live technical support at every stage of the job. Infratech is specified at the world's most prestigious properties. Learn why and sign up for a free consultation at infratech-usa.com forward slash podcast. I for one appreciate the design options you get with Infratech because as the cooler months approach the mid-Atlantic region, we're looking to extend those outdoor days and Infratech heaters provide comfort without being large and in your face. So I was, uh, reading a couple of quotes from, from the article of just like, you know, people apparently that they had interviewed or talked to, you know, it's just interesting. The basics get dismissed, exercise, eating healthy, sleep. The basics, the things it actually takes to, to be alive. Yeah. Uh, another one was, I can't uh, be around people, even people I love. <laughs> uh, another one. Um, These are actual quotes. These are actual quotes by people. It's just like simple tasks have become unbearable. I'll pay $20 to park to avoid walking two blocks from where it's free. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> Here, here's the one that actually kind of makes me sad with all of these is creativity and opportunity feel like a burden. I copy solutions. Yeah. Because that's expedient, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's what's being demanded of people when there are not enough hours uh, dedicated to get the work done. Yeah. And, and, and I've, I've heard way too many times where people talk about their creativity is being stifled or, you know, suffering only because they are um, overworked. Yeah. And, and I was, I was listening to this one book that I, that I'm recently listening to is um, uh, from Adrian Newey, the technical engineer for uh, a formula one racing team. It's the, the book is uh, how to build a car. Mm. And so, you know, me, I, I listen to like these weird and obscure books or read weird and obscure books that are not necessarily architecturally related, you know, much like you that aren't, aren't necessarily architecturally related, but have this kind of like, similar kind of like approach quality, whatever, as architecture does, where he was talking about basically doing this job and, you know, and like the demands on the job and like overworking himself to the point where he literally lost all creativity sitting there, having to like design the next year's car for, you know, for formula one and basically looking at it, it's just like, I can't, I, I I don't know where to go next. I'm, I'm literally like stuck. Yeah. People are feeling that right now in architecture is in that, that quote, you know, made me think of that quote from him was like, you know, you're, you get to this point where you, you, you're essentially staring at the screen so much and that you're overworked and you're not like, you know, able to like get out and do things. So you like literally are like frozen. You, so you're stuck to the point where you literally just can't think of like something new. It's just like, okay, well, you know, this works, you know, it's just like, and so now we're getting a bunch of like architecture that, well, this works. Mm -hmm. And I know that this isn't necessarily everybody. Um, and I know that this, you know, that there are people who have found opportunities and ways to like power through it 
and really become successful, especially. And then a lot of times, a lot of like, you know, soul practitioners are looking at like, you know, the people who are in offices like, man, I do this every day. And so, you know, everybody's experience is different. Everybody's experience is um, unique to themselves. And interestingly enough, like all of the people who like say are working like, you know, in big, large commercial firms and stuff like that, they're now starting to experience what like sole practitioners who work out of their house do on a daily basis, which is, you know, I have to learn how to manage my time. I have to learn how to separate that. I think right now we've been thrown from comfort of this nine to five punch in, punch out kind of like time clock kind of thing where it was managed more or less for us, not necessarily by us. Mm -hmm. And so these are just kind of like inherent practices being in an office yeah right whereas like sole practitioners they're like my inherent practice is i got to get the job done regardless of what the job is and so wear all the hats they wear all the hats and so but so they've learned how to juggle those hats they've learned how to juggle all of these different tasks and actually be able to create kind of like a balance that's a little bit different than the balances that we're used to and so now it's like different set of trade-offs right yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, now it's just, I now just need to figure out how to balance them. Now I've been thrown into this situation. If offices are going to do this kind of like 50-50 blend or, you know, some are going to be like 100% go back. Some of them are going to continue to do maybe some work from home or at least work from home options. You know, those are the opportunities that we now have to learn how to manage. Mm-hmm. I think about this, uh, there, there's one, one number they've gotten here. 50% believe a simple thank you from their managers can help build trust, right? And build trust is bold in bold. Yeah. Do you see that in your company or just on, on a wide, wide spectrum that that is helpful and useful? I mean, I, I go back to that, that, uh, article that I saw on a forum about, you know, somebody basically like, am I the crazy one when I ask my junior drafter to do this, that they check through all the different plans on the thing and make sure that it, you know, it lines up everywhere and that, it, you know, they, they basically follow the thread and make sure that the change here gets updated everywhere else. And, um, because they didn't do that. And so I'm mad about it. Um, and, and basically the, the, junior drafter wrote him an email back and was like man i feel degraded all the time so there's this sentiment and whether it's real or not i have no idea i mean this is just a snapshot in time and is presented from one side but do you have a a feeling about the sentiment of this you know (laughs) saying thank you Uh, does it happen is it useful is is it actually helpful in the building of relationships and how important are relationships because it seems like that's probably one of the bigger downsides to everybody working remotely is just the relationship like you've talked about it right the the lack of relationships is definitely a factor i i try i really do try to make sure that i acknowledge and have the conversation with them you know it it, at the very least of just say look i appreciate like all the hard work and all the uh, you know extra effort that you've been putting into it because you know, otherwise we wouldn't have been able to like get this stuff done without like the extra hours that you put in. Mm-hmm. And not all the time do I do that. And I know that that's like an improvement that I need to, but it is definitely something because, you know, like not all the time do I get the attaboy kind of like pat on the back. And I just am more stuck in this, you know, world of like, here's the job, just do it, shut right. up, 
right. you know, heads down kind of thing and do it. And it does, it, it kind of, it, I totally agree with them that it does kind of weigh heavy on them that it's just like, you know, I, I would like to have at least a thanks every once a great while kind of thing. And so it makes sense to me to have that conversation with them is like, would I have loved to have been thanked when I was, um, a junior, you know, like an architect in training or what, what were we, we were just called interns. Um, yeah. would I have loved to have just had that conversation with them of just like, let's talk about everything. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to. And, you know, you can, you can see that I'm kind of like, I came from a weird world that it was just like heads down, shut up, do your job, be thankful that you had a job kind of thing. But that's mm-hmm. not really where we're at right now. And, and that's not even where I'm at right now. I was just like, you know, wow, did we really treat ourselves that poorly when we were, <laughs> well, you know, th- coming up? This is another sign to me of not being able to change with the times. It, it, to, it doesn't matter how it used to be, I don't think. It's, it's what's required now is what matters. Yeah. And different yeah, generations yeah, yeah. and different people are going to require, have different requirements. But it's important to understand that they do have different requirements and that a leader's job is to figure out what everybody's languages that they need to thrive. And you can't treat everybody the same. And so when I see that happening, I just think like, you know, well, when I was walking uphill both ways to school through the snow kind of a talk. I didn't need that. And it's like, okay, and they are not you. That to me is very important to recognize on an individual by individual basis. And and it doesn't mean that you have to find, like, okay, so I, I'm kind of of two minds. You do have to find that out. It is, the job is on the leader to figure that stuff out. But if you're not the leader, you can also make it known what you need. <laughs> that will make it easier for the leader to find that stuff out. It, 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 there is a, a two-way street here, for sure. It's not The onus is not all on one party or the other. But I would also say err on the side of the positive and just do that stuff. Do it because it does make a difference. It do, it's like you, you have to figure out the strategies for success. This is one of those strategies that kind of applies across the board. And if it doesn't, I mean, at least you're erring on the positive side. And you are giving the the praise and the recognition for the work that's being done. And if you're not, if they're not worthy of receiving that, you have to figure out how to get them to the point where they are. You hired yeah. them or just <laughs> fire them. Like you've got to figure that out. Again, the onus on this on that part of it is is on the leader once again. Yeah. Yeah. I see like like there's this whole thing about burnout stuff, but I, I, we keep coming back to this on the show, man. It is a serious lack of leadership. And leadership is a skill. Like it is something that can be learned. That I think is the most important takeaway from this. If we want our profession to be in a better place, we have to lead. We have to roll our sleeves up and figure this out. It's not yeah. going to happen on its own. And it, there is plenty of resource available to help make that happen you got to just do it. Like there's no two ways about it. You've got to figure that out. And if you think you're a good leader, I think you should ask a bunch of people around you if they think you're a good leader <laughs> and get that feedback. Like yeah. if you have cultivated relationships that are valuable, you should be able to get that feedback without fear of reciprocity, right? Like you should be able to hopefully I'm if you have real relationships, actually get genuine feedback there. And those are the best relationships to have. That's my wife and I have that relationship. And, and she will, I'll say, man, I'm really feeling this. And she'll be like, 
well, that's because you're not good at that, right? <laughs> like she'll be t- brutally honest, yeah. but that's what is required for growth. Ah, it's a crappy article and a crappy thing, but it's real. <laughs> like this is a thing that we have to deal with in this industry or this industry just won't survive. And it, and if it, if, cause if it survives like this, it doesn't deserve to. Right. Right. I mean, that's to me, is the reality of it. Totally agree with you. So you have to ask, is a, does the profession deserve to survive this? And I think, you know, there's a lot of people who, who could probably balance that in, you know, completely opposite ways. Yes or no. Like there's a lot of people out there complaining. There's a lot of people who are really bullish on it, but this has to be like a consensus. Does it deserve to survive or not? And we, we have a say in that and just have to step up to the plate and actually do it. And like we talked about on the last episode, getting our head above water and surveying the whole landscape and saying, is this what we want it to be? And are we headed in the right direction? Because I think so many times we just, we're so heads down. We're so deadline driven. Like this is the life of an architect and that we we rarely actually do that. And man, I just, the, the constant call to action at the end of the year, where it just seems like bad news after bad news is... <laughs> You said it earlier in a, a better way than I can, but like, like, get get your head out of your ass and do this, man. Like, there's no better time. This needs to happen yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, thanks to Enscape for their support of this episode. Visit enscape3d.com/slash/arcaspeak today for a free 14 day trial. Thank you to Infratech Outdoor Comfort Heating for their support of this episode of ArcaSpeak. And remember, you can visit Infratech at infratech-usa.com slash podcast to sign up for a free consultation, learn why Infratech is the choice for bringing indoor comfort to outdoor living. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L m-e-d-i-a dot com you can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on apple Podcasts to help get the word out and don't forget to share it with your friends we'd love to hear from you so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com where you can find our entire catalog of shows talk to you soon